Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And good Friday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the TGIF edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us uh, this afternoon. Opening segment of today's show, sponsored by our good friends down at Dickie's Barbecue Pit. They're serving that hot, delicious food every day. Got it going through the drive through window. They'll deliver it to your home. So don't let the uh, virus prevent you from enjoying the best barbecue in the land. Dickie's Barbecue Pit is open, ready to serve you. They'll bring it to you. You can pick it up through the drive through window. And as always, it's very, very good. Former NFL star, Southern Miss star, and now a coach at Louisiana Monroe, Perry Carter, will be joining us a little later in the program. Dr. Jesse Smith, president of Jones College, is about to join us in a moment or two. But, uh, First, uh, happy Friday to you, Luke Johnson. Uh, you and I have been doing this uh, just you and I all week. It's been a long week in a lot of ways, right, brother? Well, I hope it's not because you're tired of me because I'm not no, tired no. of you. But no, no. I, we we uh, we have a we had a, a unique challenge before us for sure. But you know what? I mean, some beautiful weather. It quit raining and and spring is here, and it looks like summer may be here faster than we know it. Right. The hot weather's good news, we hear. The hotter the weather, the more trouble the virus has spreading. Had a doctor tell me that just last night, as a matter of fact. So uh, we welcome the 90-degree weather here. Uh, you don't say that often, but we're, we're welcoming the 90-degree weather here in South Mississippi. Of course, the uh, coronavirus has changed so many things. And, and for kids in college, it really has created almost a, a new way of college life. So we thought it would be interesting to bring the president of Jones College on the show to talk about that, to what he's observed and how he thinks this may change college as we've come to know it uh, in the future. Dr. Jesse Smith from Jones College. And, sir, thank you for your time. Oh, good afternoon. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, we're glad to have you on the show. Uh, Got to get Luke involved here very quickly. But I guess the first question I would have for you, Dr. Smith, is uh, obviously this has changed uh, the college world for the moment. And do you think it'll have a lasting impact? And if so, how might this change things moving forward, if at all? Yeah, it certainly has already made things uh, very different. And it just pushed the future closer to us. Uh, you know, we expected to see more of this uh, to play out over the next three to five years. But in actuality, it really just uh, compressed our time frame for sure. And uh, so it's been different for everyone, um, especially our employees and students are trying to figure out how to communicate with one another and to maintain the uh, academic integrity. The best thing that I've seen so far is that it's it's created a united group of employees and students and all focused on helping one another. And that has been the bright spot for sure. You know, we expect that, you know, there'll be some uh, major innovations as a result of this. And the good thing is, is that uh, our college has been uh, involved in some innovation for quite some time and getting prepared for something just like this. 
Most all of our courses are have an online uh, twin, and the students uh, have opportunity to see that, and many of our courses are in a hybrid format. I can tell you that all of our courses that are are part of the university degree plan, those that are in the bachelors of of applied sciences and black bachelors of arts, bachelors of sciences, all of those courses already, uh, it was an easy conversion for our faculty to do. And the incredible thing is, is that we've, we've seen our, our, uh, career technical teachers embrace this and they have been some of the most innovative people I have ever seen before. If you can believe it or not. They actually have figured out a way to teach truck driving online, and so it's very, very innovative. Of course, that's that's kind of challenging, but there are some things that are skill set based that you know we'll have to be a little more innovative, and will require small groups to come in, following CDC guidelines to make sure that they follow their checkoffs, like in nursing and LPN nursing and some other areas like that. But for the most part, um, the, the college has embraced it. Our students have embraced it. And uh, we go live Monday, so we'll learn more as we go. Uh, Luke? Uh, Dr. Smith, uh, a big component, of, of course, of this show is the athletic part. And we've had just several of your coaches on before. There's such a, a pipeline, uh, particularly with baseball, um, to, to Southern Miss and, and with softball. And you look at uh, what some of your teams have done. How, as, as a president, I was joking uh, with you and Bob off air, you're probably the biggest fan at Jones College for any of the athletic teams. How has this been for you to and your coaches to really encourage and help these junior college players? Because a lot of them are in, in transition already. Right. It's been very, you know, it's different. So a lot of your, your colleges across the state and universities are driven by athletics as a big part of the, we call it the front porch of your college. And uh, that's a big part of their activities. So when you when that had to be stopped as a result of trying to stem or stop the spread of the virus, it had a pr- tremendous impact on uh, most of all of our athletes. And so it it uh, it was very difficult at first just to wrap our heads around that we would have to cancel a season, especially when you're about to go to the national tournament and play for a national championship, and we felt like we had a very good chance of winning it in women's basketball. So it was very difficult. You know, these we spend so much time with these athletes, teaching them leadership. We have a 98% graduation rate with our athletes. And so I have always defended that it is the best leadership program in the state of Mississippi simply because of the way we do it and our beliefs and, and how we do it. And... uh it was very difficult to let that go and say, okay, we have to accept the fact that we have to do business differently. Each of our coaches have talked to all of our athletes and are, are they should be and have been from the reports I'm getting are staying in close contact with their, their, their athletes and ensuring that they're making good decisions, staying on track. And I can assure you they, those students will finish the semester strong and, we, and probably better grades than when they were playing. Well, that's uh, that's great to hear, and I've been a part of some of that leadership training. It is top notch. It's second to none anywhere. You are a key component uh, with uh, the fifteen community colleges uh, throughout the state of Mississippi. What has kind of been the the other message from some of the other presidents? Has it been basically everyone's moving towards the way that that Jones is doing it, also, or has there been some diversity? 
The good thing is is that each of the 15 colleges are autonomous. You know, we're part of a state system that, uh, you know, we we are the the authority and the autonomy is given to the local colleges. Um, the state board is a coordinating board, and we're thankful for what they do, but they basically just give us guidance on how uh, funds are distributed. But your day-to-day decisions of who, went, who, what, when, where, and how is all done locally with your local president and the boards of trustees. But the best thing is, is there are 15 of the college presidents. That's how many colleges are in the association. We meet regularly, and we share best practices. And over the last month, we have been meeting regularly by via WebEx and Zoom, and we have been sharing what we are doing. And pretty much we're almost doing the same thing down to the last, last detail. And uh, it's been very... Uh, inspiring to see such a collective effort to ensure that Mississippi students, especially community college students, are going to come out of this more than whole. That's our plan, is every one of them is to finish. Uh, We made a commitment that that's what we're going to do. So it's been good to see. Some folks have a little different situation there, Luke, because the you know, they may have a few more international students, or they may have a, a, some students that their only place to live may be there at the community college, and there will just be a handful of them, and they're taking care of them, and that's a totally different animal um, right. than what we have here. So um, for the most part, we're all following the same path. About uh, about 45 seconds left, Dr. Smith. Uh, anyone that's listening right now, their child is planning to enroll in Jones College or they've been you know, walking through scholarship stuff, all that is still on task for the fall. They can uh, already you know, go online and, and connect with you guys for the fall semester. Is that correct? That is correct. We actually are starting enrollment for the summer and the fall uh, next uh, Wednesday. And so we're moving ahead. We'll make a commitment to you. We're going to be strong through this. We're going to ensure that our students get educated. There's never been a time in history where we need to uh, validate that having a college education is important. If we had more that had that level of uh, education, I I think that we could have been able to adapt even quicker. So I'm advocating that the future is through uh, college education, period. All right, Dr. Smith, we want to thank you so much for your time, sir, and all the good work that uh, you do at Jones College. We're really happy to be an associate uh, and associated with your school, and uh, we wish you and all the kids at your school the very best in these these pretty trying times. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much, Super Talk. We appreciate you guys and all you do. All right, Dr. Jesse Smith, everybody, he is the president of Jones College. Some would say the finest athletic department in junior college across Mississippi. Yes. Chuck Abbott would probably argue a little bit with us about that, with that rivalry, but <laughs> but it's certainly a good one. All right, when we come back, Perry Carter on the Eagle Hour. Don't go anywhere. tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to the Friday edition of the Eagle Hour, everybody. Bob and Luke from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Yes, First Bank is open and doing business. Uh, 
and uh, always will be. We thank First Bank uh, for sponsoring our studios. Also want to thank our good friends down at Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Despite the coronavirus, they're still selling that Southern Miss swag like nobody else on the planet. You can visit them right across the street from the campus, and uh, they'll keep it safe and clean for you inside. If not, uh, you don't want to do that, or maybe you're listening in other parts of Mississippi this afternoon. You can just go to CampusBookmart.net, and uh, they will deliver your selections right to your home. Perry Carter was an outstanding cornerback for the Golden Eagles from 1990 through 1993. Went on to play for the Oakland Raiders and then played some football as well in the Canadian Football League. Uh, coached for a while in the NFL and is now an assistant coach at Louisiana Monroe. And we're happy to have one of the great Golden Eagles of all time on the show. And, Perry, welcome to the Eagle Hour. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Good afternoon, everybody. And uh, hey, glad you guys have me and happy to be here. Oh, man, we're always glad to talk to the former greats here at the at the university and uh you know, one of the things we've got a lot to ask you about, I uh, hope you get plenty of time to talk. We'll keep you a while. But one of the things, first of all, I wanted to, to get from you is obviously spring football has been called off everywhere, Louisiana Monroe, no exception. How is that affecting uh, How is that affecting you guys at Monroe? How is it affecting college staffs like the one you're on around the country that you're unable to, to be with your athletes and you're unable to have that important period of, of, of training? I tell you what, it's, it's, it's tough right now because, uh, as you guys know, spring ball is one of the most uh, important aspects as far as development. When you get a lot of young guys in there, especially the guys coming off red shirt seasons that haven't had a chance to get any action yet. So that spring is huge for those guys to take quantum leaps, you know, a uh, good time to develop those guys. And also for your returning veteran guys, those guys should get better and grow as each year goes. And spring is uh, just as uh, vital to those guys as well. And it's, it's tough, man, not being able to – to be there and spend time with those guys in the meeting room, also not being able to spend time on the football field in a teaching environment with those guys and communicate with those guys is, is really tough. Uh, not only for us here at uh, Monroe, but like I say, uh, it's affecting all the staffs around the country. Uh, that's that's one of the times of the year that all coaches uh, look forward to is spring ball. Like I say, see who the newcomers are going to be, who surprising guys are going to be, and to have that taken away from you. So, I mean, it's really tough. But, uh, you know, just like the game of football itself, we have to be ready to adapt and adjust, and uh, and that's what we as coaches are doing right now. We're adapting and adjusting by basically uh, virtual meeting with you guys uh, via the Internet and computer. You know what I'm doing with my guys. One, it gives me a chance to keep eyes on them, you know, making sure that they're still mm-hmm. working out, looking at part. But two, just kind of keeping them up to date on their assignments and all that. And those guys, they'll go out and shoot video of them working out and doing some of the techniques that we employ. So, uh but it, it, it's a challenge. It's different, like I say, you know, we're able to adapt and adjust and kind of go from there. Do you think that the NCAA, and you may not have an answer to this question, but do you think they're going to do something when all of this passes to maybe give you guys some extra preseason training time uh, to make up for this uh, important time that you're losing now? Well, uh, I don't have the exact answer, but I, but my guess would be I, I don't think – they would just because of the uh, the calendar schedule and all that, and I think uh, they try to, as much as they possible keep everything on schedule as it is. So uh, I don't think they would. You know, uh, unfortunately, I, I think we we just going to pick up wherever that may be. It may be hey, going straight into camp, going straight into the season, whatever. But uh, unfortunately, I mean, just my my uh, opinion, I don't think that they are. Hmm. Interesting, Luke. 
Perry, um, it, this is the first time we've talked to anybody from Monroe since we stole Coach Kubik. So if you want to throw something, I'll duck right now. But um, anyway, you know, w- one of the things that we've been talking about is he's bringing over his offense. Um, and, you know, in spring ball, that's where you install that. In your opinion, you know, it, it's when you're installing a new offense or installing a new system, offense or defense – harder to put in and then if you would comment on on matt kubik because you've coached with him for our southern miss fans right yeah it's, it's harder to install your offense uh you know generally offenses normally uh takes a little longer to get clicking you know with the timing with the uh philosophy all the verbiage the alignments and all that so offenses normally take longer defense uh, doesn't take as long but offense it's a challenge for those guys uh you know, but uh, if, if a guy can get it done, it is Matt Kubik. Uh, like I said, I was able to coach with him there for a couple of years in Monroe. Uh, he's always had a high-powered offense. He's always been ranked uh, top of the nation every year in offense, you know, for his uh, scoring points, scoring yards, and all that. So, I mean, so they, they have a great guy in Kubik. He's a great guy. He's a great teacher. Uh, the guy knows how to develop. Uh, he has a good relationship with the players, and he has a, a, a friendly offense system that's going to work to the weapons that he has down there. Uh, but uh, the guys has got to be patient uh, as far as those guys to learn it, you know, because like I say, it's all new to them as far as the verbiage, the terminology, uh, the, the splits, the alignments, and all that. But uh, I think once they get clicking, it, sh- it should be fine. But it's going to be a little longer for those guys to get going offensively just because that's just the way it is as it is defense. Defense uh, normally is not as – you don't have as much on defense. That's why defense normally can learn a little quicker. And and just to follow up on that, I think a lot of our fans were encouraged when they look at the Monroe offenses for the last few years because it was a more balanced attack. Uh, the last few years right. at Southern Miss, we've had to throw the ball in, in order to be able to run it. Now, you went against that offense um, every single day, you know, at practice, particularly with the receivers. How would you describe the type of offense that, that Matt is bringing to Southern Miss? Yes, I'll I tell you what uh... – First off, it is a well-balanced offense, like you said. I mean, for his run pass, so you don't have to throw to set up the run or vice versa. That's one thing I like about it. It's well-balanced. Uh, two, it keeps you on your toes from a defensive perspective. I mean, because you also have the RPO game in there, which is a run-pass option. So just when you think you got a bead on it, uh, he can run the RPO on you. So, I mean, but it's a pretty uh, – it's a tough offense to defend. Uh, you know, it pushes you in conflict and everything that he does defensively. I mean, you know – it puts you in the conflict. I mean, so you got to be patient defensively. But his offensive system, I really like him a lot. And that's why those guys uh, have been successful in it because the way he had it set up, um, the way things work with it, uh, he always has an answer for what you're doing on defense. And like I say, with the RPO tag to it as well, I mean, you never could be right defensively. So as soon as you stack the box, he's going to pull it out the running back belt and throw the ball. As soon as you start spreading guys out, he's going to run the ball. So you never could be right uh, defensively, and, and also he has a, a good knack for calling it when they call the right plays by looking at the defensive look and getting you guys in the, in the right place. So that's why he's always been successful. But it's a tough uh, defense to go against to defend. I, I know it was for us in practice and also against opposing teams uh, that we play. So, uh, but it's, it's going to be a good thing for Southern Miss. Man. We're going to get some, uh, some teams there in conference where they some problems trying to defend it and prepare for it. Hmm. Going to be run heavy, pass heavy. Or a pretty even mix, do you suspect? Well, it's going to be a pretty even mix on him, so that's the deal. You can't really get a bead on him before they, he's, going to, he's going to throw it more, he's going to run it more. It's a, it's a pretty even mix. And plus, with some of the personnel groupings you have, you'll come in with some 12 personnel, which is kind of unheard of in uh, college football today. You know, uh, one back, 
two tight ends. I mean, so and he can yeah. throw just as much as well as much as run. So that that gives people problems when he, when when he does that. But it's it's a pretty even mix on it. I mean, he, it's not one way or the other. Now, obviously, uh, you know, situations of the game, you know, if you're in a two-minute mode and you're trying to score and all that, you know, obviously guys are going to throw a little more. But just the basic flow of the game, it's just even even mixed. And that's what makes it so tough on you, you know, because you don't have a B, but, hey, man, this guy's heavy run tennis. He's heavy uh, pass tennis. None of that. So it's pretty much an even mix. And that's, and that's that's the tough part with deal with you. And also sprinkling those two tight end sets in there, which really uh, gets you because, that's uh, even mixed deal, too, throwing in passing as well. Hello? Um, Perry, uh, we want to get, if, if you'll be willing, in just a minute, we're about to hit a commercial break. want to talk more about uh, your, your Southern Miss career after that. Um, but you coach in the NFL, and we've been in the middle of free agency right now. How weird is it for these players, um, you know, to, to not be able – um, you know, to, to work out at their facilities. And, and I know a lot of guys go out uh, in order to uh, to train in the offseason. But it's just a really weird time for people. I, I tell you what, man, it's, it's, it's a real weird time. And, uh, and and the thing that makes it even more weird is that, I mean, it's, it's brand new for everybody. You know, nobody has been in this situation before. <laughs> you know, this has never happened. But, uh, but anytime you see a facility closed and now you can't go work out, at your facility, or like you say, some guys would go away back in their hometown and work out, even though doors are closed. I mean, so it's, it's really tough on those guys. Uh, there's no familiarity. So uh, when you're going to work out now, so I mean, it's just, it makes it tough on them. Uh, pretty much the communication has to be all virtual uh, via telephone. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough, man. It's a real weird time, especially free agency. Normally you fly those guys in the facilities and take a look at them and so it's not that anymore. So now basically you're signing guys off the whim, you know, so just off their tape, you know. So uh, that's tough, man. It's, it's really weird for everybody. It's a tough, a tough adjustment for guys to try to get used to. But uh, tell you what, man, it's, 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 it's a very weird deal, and uh, it's, it's hard to deal with right now, you know. We're talking to Perry Carter. We're gonna... I'm sorry. We're talking to Perry Carter, coach at the Louisiana Monroe, former Oakland Raider and Golden Eagle, and we're going to continue that conversation with Perry and talk about the – storied Oakland Raider franchise moving to Las Vegas of all places. Perry Carter on the Eagle Hour. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Friday, third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg. Slade White still cooking up that great food. Swing in there. They'll bring it out to your car. They'll also deliver it to you. Check out their Facebook page for the daily eight ninety five. Lunch special, 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. We continue with Southern Miss football great Perry Carter, now coaching over in Monroe. And, Perry, I got a text message um, this week 
There is a really fresh-looking number 19 hanging from the Eagle Walk now, and he looks like a younger version of you. Is that true? Hey, that is true. I'll tell you what, one of my most proudest moments. Yeah, Kubik texted me a couple of days ago the same picture. I was so proud of him. I don't know if you guys had anything to do with that or not. I know we talked about it last time, but I really appreciate whoever did have something to do with that, you know? Is if if we put a picture of you now, is, is there a resemblance of that younger version of you? <laughs> and, hey, it'd be a resemblance, but he'd just be less hair now. <laughs> you know? at, least, at least that guy had a little hair. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I want to go back to to one of the reasons why you're hanging up there. Three touchdown returns. I believe all of them were pick six in in 1992. That was the thing when I was growing up. I was uh, I was nine years old that season, and the thing I remember about you was electric in the defensive uh, backfield. And whenever you caught a, a, a picked a ball off, you had a real good chance of taking it to the house. Right. Yes, sir. That that is correct. I tell you what, I. Hey, I love doing that, man. Once the ball got in my hand, I said, I'm going to go score. Why well, put it in the office, man? I'm going to go do it myself. Uh, you know, always uh, been that way, you know, from playing quarterback in high school, always, you know, used to with the ball in my hand and also being a punt returner over there as well. So I just had a knack for finding an end zone once I did get it because I know most of those guys were fat offensive linemen. So only people I had to beat was the uh, couple of receivers in the quarterback. So I, I, I took the eyes on myself. But it was a lot of fun, man, just exciting the crowd and all that. So, it was fun times uh, doing it. So that was that was one way I feel like I moved the crowd. Hey, if I pick it off, how can I separate myself? Hey, go get in the zone and score with it. So that, that was one of the things I tried to pride myself on doing. So, Perry, you, you played 90-93, heyday of the, of the nasty bunch, uh, the real nasty bunch defenses that played in that era. Uh, how much pride did you guys take in that moniker and that reputation? Oh, I tell you what, man, that, that, that was – Unbelievable! The amount of pride and joy that we had just to be on that defense uh, was was high. One thing we set the standard in the bar real high. If you just sit in that defensive uh, room, your standard of practice, uh, the way you hit the weight room, the classroom, everything was a high standard. I mean, and we didn't we didn't accept uh, anything less. And I think that's what really made it go. It wasn't the coaches preaching it; it was the players preaching it. Anytime you got things policed by the players, I think you get more out of the guys. And so, but it was great pride just to be a part to touch the field, to be a part of that crew because we said, hey, man, they're going to talk about this defense for years and years to come, and that's what we wanted. But it took pride to do that, and we really practiced on it. We hung our hat on it, and, and that was something we really believed in. And uh, and everybody that came in there, you know, from young freshmen, hey, man, if you're going to play defense here, here's the standard. You're going to you're gonna practice this way. You're going to run to the ball this way. You're going to do everything right. You know what I mean? You're not going to make mistakes. You're going to study your film. So, but that was, that was, that was just the uh, deal that we had with it in uh, – I mean, and I, it still gives me chills to this day to talk about it and, you know, and uh, the things that we've done, the things we've accomplished, and to be, you know, noticed. We were, no, we were known nationally. Every team that played, they, they knew and felt the, the nasty bunch. Right. And I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay. Today, when I'm, when I'm at football games last year, two years, and they hold up these big banners that say nasty bunch, and I hear – I hear announcers on TV referring to the team, the defensive team, as the nasty bunch. I think to myself, you know, you probably ought to not be saying that because the real nasty bunch was a lot different than what I see these days. As a member of the real nasty bunch, how do you feel about that? I tell you what, I feel the same way. It makes me sick to my stomach, really, when I when I see guys <laughs> with those posters and saying the nasty bunch, and I think, man, they have no idea who the nasty bunch was and what we were about, you know. And I tell you another one I see too. I haven't seen it on some uh, some trucking companies 
come out to anywhere, anyone, anytime. I see people saying that all the time, and they have no idea. I told them that was corn that Southern Miss, you know, anyone, right. anywhere, anytime. You know, but people don't don't give us credit for that. But those two things, and I see those two things, man, it's, yeah, I get a ill feeling in my stomach, you know, just like you do. Right, right. All right, Luke, this man played for the Oakland Raiders, one of the storied franchises in NFL history. Well, I, I know we were joking about it uh, during the offseason or during the the commercial break, Perry. Uh, Las, Las Vegas Raiders. It, it really doesn't have the same ring, but that's where it's what it's going to be. That's right. Hey, the, the name doesn't even sound right. I mean, the ring, I mean, it, it doesn't even sound like a real team. You, you, you know what I mean? I, like I was saying earlier, if they could they leave one team as it is with everything, I would say the Oakland Raiders. You know, it's just kind of hard to say Las Vegas Raiders. You know, that just – it doesn't have that mystique to it, you know, and it doesn't sound like a tough team, you know, <laughs> as it was. So, uh, but it's going to take some getting used to that, that's for sure. <laughs> right. Uh, you agree you, with that, uh, don't you, Luke? You played – oh, yeah, absolutely. I just – anytime you change it – but, I mean, I remember when we went from the Mi- we went from the Florida Marlins to the Miami Marlins. Yeah. That was uh, weird. When we went to the St. Louis Rams, that was weird. Carolina Panthers for me for the long time. It'll grow on people, but it's just a – it's such so iconic when you think about the Bay Area and, and the Raiders. Perry, I want to ask you uh, specifically, uh, and Bob want to ask you more about your NFL career, but uh, we have had the opportunity at Southern Miss to have several players play in the Senior Bowl. You did that in, uh, in 1993. How much of that week helped you in your pro career, not just from a draft stock as a fourth-round pick, but helped you – you know the the big timeness of the Senior Bowl allowed you to transition to the NFL in a, in a, in a good way. I tell you what, that week was huge. Uh, one, just from the uh, coaching, just from the NFL style coaching in the meetings, you can see how it was, how the way those guys uh, talk, uh, the expectations. I mean, just just the whole outline of it. Here's how to be a pro. Here's how you study. Here's what you're looking at when you're looking at tape. Here's how we practice. I mean, it helped me tremendously uh, going in that week. I mean, it was it was, it was a Huge stepping stone that I took with me throughout my whole uh, pro career, but it was, it was a huge week for me. It really taught me a lot, a lot of stuff I thought I knew that I, that I didn't know, but just from the whole standpoint, from preparation, being prepared and preparing, I mean, so it, it, it just taught me a whole lot. You know, one of the uh, mentors, I was on Don Schumer's staff, they coached us down there. He said, hey, uh, uh, failure, failure to prepare is preparing to fail, you, you know, so – and that was something that always stuck mm. with me. Uh, you know, you, you have to prepare, prepare, you know, for meetings. So that way you know exactly what to do and how to do it once you get on the field. It wasn't just, hey, getting on the field plan. No, it was way more to it than that. But it was, uh, it was a huge weekend. It taught me a lot. Mm. Interesting. All right. Nastiest, meanest football player you ever faced? Uh, well, I played with one by the name of Wilbur Marshall. I mean, he, he was, he was uh, <laughs> that was my rookie year with the Arizona Cardinals. Who I originally got drafted by. I mean, this guy, man, he he was uh he was unbelievable. I mean, I mean, this this was the guy before every game with uh would bust his head on the locker intentionally, <laughs> hit bust with some blood, but took it down. He he would sit there and lick his blood, man. And uh, I mean, and, and this, but and, and and of course, and then on the field, this is before all these rules. Now, I mean, this guy would go out there and literally try to maim people, try to take people's head off his shoulders, man. He was, <laughs> I mean, it was just he was just he was a different guy, you know. <laughs> A different guy. Wilbur Marshall was that guy. Uh, I want to make sure I heard this right, Luke. He banged his head on a locker and then licked his own blood. Is that what you just said? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Sure did. Sure did. Yeah. I mean, that was that was his thing, man. I, it, 
He's Maybe we should ask you who was the second baddest <laughs> teammate that you played with. Hey, hey, I know, right? Today, I'm uh. telling man, because yeah, Wilbur, man, it was kind of hard to, uh, to to beat Wilbur. Uh, Chuck McLaughlin, the late great Chuck McLaughlin, was another uh, another big guy that played played nose guard and beat tackle for his Oakland Raiders. Yeah, he, he was he was a pretty nasty man. He was big, but the guy was incredibly quick and all that, and he. And he showed up with a bad attitude every time he hit him. Uh, every time he hit guys, and old guys hated to face him. I mean, he was a he, he was another nasty mean guy. You know, Big Chet was. You know, <laughs> there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of them in that leg in there. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh that's a whole lot of them. I mean, the list goes on of those of those guys. You know, uh, thank God they they kind of turned the rules down now. There's a lot of stuff going on back then, man. You guys can do it now with Andre Waters, you know, the late great Andre Waters, and uh, Chuck Cecil and. I mean, yeah, I, I play with a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Luke, a minute left. Anything else for Perry? Perry, I, I was just glancing back at some of the uh, the players that played in some of those senior bowls, and, and a lot of people want to call, you know, their their university uh, DBU or whatever. But I'm looking, I'm looking at Norris Thomas, Hanford Dixon, Kerry Valerie, you, Patrick Sertain, Jamal Alexander, and the list goes on. Uh, Raymond Walls, you know, Leo Barnes, uh, and even recently with Cornell Armstrong and Picasso Nelson. And there have been tremendous defensive backs that have played for the Nasty Bunch at Southern Miss. Right, exactly. Yeah, I know, and everybody's saying BBU, man. People people, people need to come to Hattiesburg and look at Southern Miss, man. We had, we had a lot of great players and great coaches and everything that played there at a story program. You know, so uh, yeah, sure did. So they can't can't look uh, past Hattiesburg, Mississippi. No question, Barry. Thank you for your time, man. I uh, hope things get back to normal for you real soon. Uh, you're in a in a hotbed of uh, this disease over in Louisiana, so stay inside, my man, and stay safe. <laughs> I sure would. And I appreciate you guys, man. Whoever had some dude the banner, man, I really appreciate him and everything as well, too. All right, thank you a lot, Perry Carter, everybody. Former Southern Miss great, now coach at Louisiana Monroe. All right, one more segment to go. We're going to find Kelly Sander here shortly. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. Greatly appreciate Perry Carter for hanging with us those last two segments. Uh, Southern Miss defensive back, great. Now coaching at Louisiana Monroe and appreciate him. And really his insight on a new Southern Miss offensive coordinator, Matt Kubik, and uh, just Perry's reminiscing with us. We appreciate him joining us. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98. And online, Toyota of Hattiesburg.com. We continue with the All Berry team, courtesy of Southern Miss Baseball Twitter. You can go on and vote every single day. Catcher Chucky Robinson, first baseman Dylan Bordeaux, second baseman Matt Gidry. Shortstop yesterday, Brian Anthony Volmuth with 79% of the vote. And again, this is the All Berry team, so from 2010 until now. Today at the hot corner, third base. Four choices, Danny Lynch, Bradley Roney, Luke Reynolds, or Taylor Braley. Bob. 
That's got to be Taylor Braley, right? Luke Reynolds, he was a great – Luke Reynolds great, but he only played one year. I'm going with Braley. This is the first close vote we've had. Braley's leading right now with 51% of the vote. Uh, you got about 19 hours left on that, so Southern Miss fans go vote for the all-Berry team. We have located Kelly Sanner again. He uh, was in a cave yesterday. Today, he is at the highest natural point in the state of Mississippi, in Tishomingo County, just south of Iuka, Mississippi. Kelly Sanders standing right now on your radio at the top of Woodall Mountain. How's it look, Kelly? It's a, it's a lot more expansive view today than it was yesterday. Kind of closed quarters yesterday, but uh, I figured you know this is the best way to avoid the virus is being the highest point with nobody around. So Mount Woodall here near mm. the booming metropolis of Iuka, Mississippi, home of the Fighting Rockets. In Iuka, so it's good good to be with you guys. I've been uh, been working on some of those pickup lines post uh, post quarantine, Luke. Oh no! And they are. Yeah. Well, you can't. You can't. I have a mortgage, Kelly. Remember that. I, <laughs> I understand, that. <laughs> but you can't spell quarantine without U R A Q T. Okay. What do you think? Uh, go pretty good. Uh, and next, and you can't. You One can't more. spell. You can't spell virus. Without you or I, <laughs> I like the I one you, you said off air. Are you out of toilet paper? Are you out of toilet paper? I can be your Prince Charming. Charming, Charming. Yeah. yeah. Is it hot in here, or do I have a fever? <laughs> no, but see, but see, Luke, you you said Charming because you didn't know how to pronounce that because you're too young. Charming. Right. Yeah, you, the, the TV commercials back in the day was right. Please don't squeeze the Charmin. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Some other sports news, you guys, on the national scene in the last half hour. The uh, Major League Baseball Players Union and Major League have reached an agreement as to when they will resume play. Not a specific date, but some of the things that would have to take place before they would get the green light. One of them, of course, is that all travel bans to Canada from the United States would have to be lifted because you've got, uh, of course, the Blue Jays uh, up there, for one thing. Second of all, they would have to get... um, you know, medical opinions that it would be safe for, and, and these are pretty much common sense, but it, that it would be safe for all players, personnel, and um, people associated with the teams to be able to gather in a setting. And the players have decided that they do not want to play in empty stadiums. They want to, they want to play in front of wow. fans. So, um, so that that apparently is off the table. Now, there are some ideas that once play does resume that there would be several double headers scheduled, and they've actually um, talked about even going the junior college route of maybe playing one nine-inning game and one seven-inning game, and that the regular season could go all the way into November. So those are some of the things that, uh, that they're talking about at this point, but they have agreed to get back to work once the travel ban to Canada has been lifted, once they can get an assurance that all players and personnel would be safe, and that uh, that the mass crowd gathering rule has been lifted. As to when that takes place, obviously none of us know. But that, uh, that's a big deal. Yeah, it is. And and players, that's a big deal for them to say that about the fans because you're talking about the entire country have be, being given a green light. I mean, they've been. We you brought it to our attention what Kirk Her, Kirk Herbstreet said during uh, you know it, it's it's morning commercial yeah. break. So. Yeah, he said something to the effect of he doesn't think we're going to have the NFL and probably not college football either. That's right. That's right. Kirk Herbstreet uh, this morning 
uh, catching a lot of fl- Can you imagine in the Deep South where we would be without college football? I mean, if you think it's nuts now, right. you know, not having college football, we're really going to find out what we're made of. If that's the case, right. we well, certainly are hoping that it won't be. Well, imagine um, nationwide if there's no National Football League. I mean, come on. That's... And, and here's something, Bob, that, you, that, that you'll find hard to believe, too. The National Football League, we've always thought, was the most lucrative sports uh, entity in the world. Mm-hmm. Now there's one more lucrative than the National Football League. And what is that, like, Kelly, to end the week? Tell us. The World Wrestling Seriously. Federation. Is that right? The WWE is now worth more money. That's crazy. Well, it's real. I mean, you know, it's real fights. Uh, Kelly, I got good news for you, brother. What's that, You have been given the green light to come home for the weekend. Oh, man, I'm looking forward to it. Give us about two hours to get your place cleaned up and uh, (laughs) get all the stuff hauled off, and then you've got the green light to come back home. We've enjoyed it this week, haven't we, Luke, over there at uh, Kelly's place? For sure. Yeah, it's been good. Absolutely. Might want to stop at the grocery on your way home, too, Kelly, Just, just a heads up. Oh, man, you guys didn't even replenish anything. Real nice. Uh, Well, we're your friends, buddy. You can always count on us. All right, Kelly's back in Mississippi. That's good news. It's Friday. That's good news. And we're going to be back Monday at 1 o'clock. We hope that's good news for you, too. Until then, everybody, Southern Miss. To the top. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.